folks. You're listening to the Biscuits and Gravy Show. On the other end of the feed trough with me is Jim, who cares, I don't, Nelson. And don't ask me where I came up for, with that, because I didn't actually. That's a last-minute thing. I knew I had to have a name, so and I knew you wouldn't care what I said, so there we go. That's where we're at. So That's where we're at. That's where we're at. Jim, how has your day Cause been? Because we're, we're feeling fat and sassy. I'm, I told um, my niece I'm a spunky kind of a fellow, and I just might do it. So, right. How's your, how's your weekend been? Uh, or, or your week? The weekend's been a, it's been a, just starting. It's, it's, yeah, it's been a decent. It's been a decent week. Yeah. Anything new, exciting, improved? FDA FDA approved uh, or Ford Motor recalled this week? <laughs> Right. Um, you must. Do you have a short in your cable or something? Um, not not to ask personal was, questions or anything. Just uh, no. I'm just short in general. No, um, not that I'm aware of. That doesn't mean there's not one there. Just yeah, if there is. I don't know about it. Okay. Well, um, my best advice right now is be careful not to bump anything. <laughs> so right. that's the best advice. It's like kind of like the old black and white TVs we had when we were kids, you know, with a half a roll of tinfoil on each antenna. And, yep. you know, one wrong move, even just walking across the carpet. And that was right. it. You couldn't watch The Wizard of Oz for the rest of the night. <laughs> so that's what I remember. We used to, for a long time, the TV, you know, might be put up for a month or two. But once The Wizard of Oz came on for the season... We're pulling that TV out and buying a brand new roll of aluminum foil. So I'll get you by putting a little dog too. So <laughs> just like Ross Perot. So I'll get wow. you and your little dog too. Yeah, Ross Perot. So <laughs> so not bad, huh? Not bad. Not bad at all. So of the two of them. I don't know which one was scarier. Right. <laughs> That's a good point. Well, um, the one only had the one flying monkey. You remember, you remember Ross Perot's uh, running mate? I can't remember his name. He was a military guy. Colonel something, I think, or Admiral. Admiral. It was an Admiral, but I can't even think of his name. I remember exactly what he looked like. No. But anyway, let's take care of some business real quick. Don't forget to check out um, our fantasticwebsite.com for the update every week on the Biscuits and Gravy Show and also vintagebiscuits.com. And, of course, we're always found at the Big Basin Dot com and the Leading Edge Radio Network. Um, if you're lagging in the program, try uh, resetting your Google Chrome. And don't forget that Radiance Farms here in the Tularosa Basin can provide you with fresh organic eggs at $3.50 a dozen and a quart of organic goat's milk, which I'm still anxious to try. You can reach my buddy Mark Cooper at Radiance Farms at 386-262-3577. And uh, so, anyway... That's the business end of Hello. the show, and Jim is back. He, he, Jim, you faded out, and then you came right back, and you didn't even miss a beat. Well, the funny thing is, is that my, my, uh, my computer actually told me this time that it lost connection. They're trying to reestablish a connection for me. Oh, so I, I don't know what's going on. Well, we're gonna muddle through it like we do every week and hope for the best. So, Jim, let's get into the. Quotes of the week. What you got for me, lad? Oh, right. Uh, you do that so much better than I do. All I can do <laughs> is say, "What do you got for me, lad?" And you go, "All right." All right. See, I overdid it. Well, so. let me tell you, a best friend is like a four-leaf clover. 
hard to find and lucky to have. There you go. I like it. <laughs> I like that. Um, if someone calls you ugly, have a good comeback and say, excuse me, I'm not a mirror. There you go. Ooh, I like that one. Yeah. Uh, laziness is nothing more than the habit of, of resting before you got tired. That's true, too. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. What else you got? Um, oh, where'd it go? Where'd it go? I had it. Uh, this one bears repeating. I know I used this one last week, but it was really good. Bears repeated? My goal this weekend is to move only enough so that people know I'm not dead. Mmm. I know people like that. I'm almost one right. of them. <laughs> almost. Yep. All right. Did you have anybody in mind when you found that one? No, no, but there's lots of people I have in mind with the, with the other one I used last week. I'm not allergic, or I'm allergic to stupidity. I break out in sarcasm. That, that's a good one, too. Yeah. I love that one. Where, um, where did, I heard a quote one time, my sarcasm knows no bounds. Oh, I know where it came from. Um, Doc Holliday on, it was, I think it was uh, Tombstone, played by Val Kilmer. He said something to that effect. My sarcasm has no limits or something like that. Anyway, moving right along, Jim. Go right ahead. I can't dance to save my life, but the moment I step in dog poop, I can moonwalk better than Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh, the memories that some things will bring back. Me and my partner, Steve, in Nevada, Missouri, when I was a police officer there, he was my training officer for a few weeks, and uh, it was crazy. Um, basically, and I've lost Jim again. There he goes. He's back. So basically, my my partner there in Nevada, we we went on this domestic call in this little apartment complex, and we we're out there, and there's this field, you know, it's just a just an old, you know, low income housing unit, and we get out there and we're walking around, we're looking for somebody. We get back to the car, and we get in the car, and I smell something, and I looked at my partner Steve, I said, I smell a BLT sandwich, and he starts laughing hysterically, and I said, What's so funny? He goes, Look at your boots. Well, I had clearly stepped in it and that's what i was smelling i don't know why it oh no <laughs> I, I related it to a bacon lettuce tomato sandwich he just thought i was nuts he said i'm not coming over you to your that. house for lunch any time <laughs> soon so it was pretty bad so uh, anyway what else you got for me jim uh chocolate comes from cocoa which is a tree that makes it a plant so chocolate is a salad there you go there you go. Words to live by. Yep. Uh, and here's, here, we need to leave it with a zinger. Okay. When I feel down and someone tells me to suck it up, I get the urge to break their legs with a baseball bat and then say, walk it off. <laughs> yeah. That's the Christian response. Yeah. Oh, is that what we were yeah. doing today? <laughs> that, yeah, that's that's the Midwestern Baptist, uh, the Midwestern Baptist version of this is, it builds character. So, yeah. Oh, goodness. Anyway, yeah. yeah. All right, well, I'll give you my quotes. Keep your eyes on the stars and your feet on the ground. Teddy Roosevelt. Somebody by the name of Anonymous. The only person you should try to be better than is the person you were yesterday. I like that one. Yes. Uh, faith is the art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. Mm. Faith is the art of holding on to things your reason has once accepted in spite of your changing moods. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. That's an African proverb. 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, I can be changed by what happens to me, but I refuse to be reduced by it. Maya Angelou. I never. I hope I pronounced her last name right. I've never actually heard it produced. I've heard it quoted lots, but... Happiness is an inside job. That's another one that Anonymous wrote. Uh, he also <laughs> wrote, Do not set yourself in fire. I, I really like this one. Do not set yourself on fire in order to keep others warm. How many times have we done that? I think everybody, you know, you set yourself on fire. You burn yourself out helping other people. There's a lot of truth to that. It's like the, my quote, the one that I came up with, that Joe, that guy Martin likes, says, we are, uh, it was, if you put too many irons in the fire, you'll eventually smother the fire. So, okay, what else? Let's see, I got another one here. We are what we expectedly do. Ex uh, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. And Jim has knocked himself out of the room again. We'll wait for him to come back in. Another quote is from Albert Einstein. Creativity is intelligence having fun. Another good one. If the plan doesn't work, change the plan, but never the goal. That was written by Anonymous Brother, uh, Anonymous Anonymous's brother, author unknown. So <laughs> yeah, Jim, I give you the room. Give me the trivia. You do have trivia. I, I'm confident you do. I hear the pages. I, I hear the pages flipping. It's coming around the bend. Jim has got his trivia. Ah, uh, which animal has the longest tongue relative to its total size? You know, common sense says to venture a guess on the giraffe. But that's wrong. Because... Yes. Boy, that's a... The, the anteater? Or the aardvark? Nope. Okay. You well, want another try? Um, sure, why not? Um, smaller. The African um, big tongue-licking hippopotamus. Oh, you said smaller. The yes. ant? I don't know. The chameleon. Oh, okay. The chameleon. Oh, the chameleon. All right. All right. Okay, next okay. one, Jim. Give it to which me. Is, which bone is the longest bone in the human body? Ooh, the longest bone. Is it a, a one of the leg bones? Yes. Ooh, is the femur a leg bone? It is the femur. You are correct, I was going to say, since the femur is the only leg bone I know by name, I'll have to guess <laughs> that one. Except maybe the shin bone, but I know that's a short one. All right. What else you got, lad? At what wind speed does a tropical storm turn into a hurricane? Ooh. Well, just because it's a well-rounded number, I'll say 100 miles an hour. 74. Oh, I was 26 off. There are four different levels of hurricanes, a level 2 hurricane being the tamest and a level 5 being the worst. Hmm. I wouldn't want to be in any of them. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, what year was the $2 bill last printed in the United States. Oh, wow. I, th I I read this not too long ago. I'm going to guess 1995. It was actually 2003, but it was printed in other countries long after. Yeah? Hmm, interesting. All right. Well, um, Jim has done it again. 
But he's, oh, there he! Oh, he just lost. I think we're having some internet connect. Jim, are you having internet connections again this week, like you had last week? Is that what it um, is? It 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 looks like it. It it keeps cutting out, and I keep refreshing it, and then it comes back. Okay. Well, hey, as long as we can get you back as quick as we have been, that's pretty good speed considering the problems we've had in the past. Uh, so, two thousand three. Two thousand three. 2003, but the $2 bill was printed in many other countries many years thereafter. But I'm done. I have two of them in my wallet as we speak. And I, I intend not to spend them unless I'm making sandals out of old tires. Um, you'll get that later. Alright, what else you got? Zombie apocalypse? Something like that. Or home... home homeless adventure <laughs> adventure so what else you got that's what we ought to do we had we had to have our own our own show where we like travel the rails across america that would be cool homes. wouldn't it that would be cool knights of the open road yeah knights of the dingy See, i like that one knights, <laughs> knights, of, knights the dingy. of the dingy <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, oh man which one of the seven wonders of the world is still standing today wow um I'm going to... Uh, an ancient artifact, Jim? May I venture that guess? Which one of the, ancient, which one of the seven ancient wonders okay. oh. of the world is still standing today? I'm going to guess one of the pyramids. Yes, the Great Pyramid at Giza. Okay. All right. Hey, I'm not doing too um, bad tonight. I'm not doing too shabby. No. Joseph Smith was the founder of what religion? The Mormons. Or the I was going to take the shot. Yeah. Pronounce it slightly different. Anyways, Mormonism yeah. is a religion that was founded in 1830. The people belonging to this re religion are called Latter-day Saints uh, Latter, yeah. or Mormons. Mormons, okay. Interesting. Any more? And you ought to get this one slam dunk. How many stripes are in the American flag? Oh, well, let me see. Red and white stripes? Stripes, period, yes. Thirteen. Yes, sir. Okay, it's a good thing I have one sitting right here in front of me. <laughs> wow, you count fast. I do, don't uh, I? I was going to say thirteen, but I did look up to just make sure I was right. So Representing the thirteen British colonies... That declared independence from the kingdom of Great Britain. Yes. Okay. All right. You got any more? How many more you got, Jim? Uh, rounding me out. Let me see if I got something here. And we've lost him again. But he will be back because they, he's Jim. And that's what he does. And I'm sure and confident that he will refresh his page. Folks, we've got some great trivia lined up. And if uh, there he is, you see, he's back already. He's got that magic refresh button, and he's gone again. <laughs> so this is crazy. Jim? Jim? Yep. I I'm beginning to sense an omen over the last couple of weeks. I'm listening. I, I'm, we're just not getting the connections that we used to get. So let's just roll on, roll on. Isn't that a song by Ike and Tina Turner? Something like that? I don't know. What's your next trivia question? Um, what mountain range is Mount Everest found in? Mm. It also happens to be a famous quote from Monsters Incorporated. I know this, but I don't know this. 
the mountain range. Um, I'm, it, does it start with a U? Nope. Okay, well, then I'm way off. I, I'm going to give on this one, Jim, for the sake of time. To quote the Yeti from Monsters, Inc., Welcome to the Himalayas! The Himalayas, that's right. I used to have a Himal... I think it was called a Himalayan... No, a Hemingway cat. I'm thinking something to... A uh, Hemingway t cat has six toes, I think, on, on each paw. It was named after Ernest Hemingway, who bred them that way. I don't know why I was thinking Himalayan cats. Anyway, my mind goes crazy that way sometimes. What's your next one? The United States state of Georgia is famous for what fruit? Ray Charles. No, um, the peach. Whoa. I, yes. Yeah, I just, Ray Charles was no fruit. <laughs> he was a little nutty, but he was no fruit. So, no. And if anybody's ever Georgia. seen seen the movie Ray, they'll fully appreciate that statement. The Georgia peach. My final yes. answer. Yeah. Georgia is known for having the best quality peach. It officially became the peach state in 1995 and has hmm. a peach inspired has peach inspired street signs and logos all around the state. When I think of a Georgia peach, I'm just a little old fashioned enough not to think of the fruit. I think of the Southern Belle. Yes. Okay. That Georgia peach. That's peach would be good right about now. And I am talking about the fruit. <laughs> so um, with 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 vanilla. Something, yeah. Sure. Ice cream. I don't know. Oh, my um, grandma used to make. Go ahead. Somebody that's listening will get that. Um, what is the main dialect of Chinese spoken in Hong Kong by the majority of the locals? I think you asked this last week. Oh. And there's two dialects. One was Mandarin and the other one wasn't. And I don't remember which one it was the answer last week. If this is even the same question as last week. What's the it answer? It probably is. Cantonese. Cantonese. Yes, it is. Because... I made the joke last night that when my pastor asked me to kneel and pray, I would always say Cantonese. So, anyway, not a very good joke, but it was a joke nonetheless. Is that all you have, Jim? Oh, he's there he is. He's disappearing. It's magic night here on the Biscuits and Gravy show. Jim has disappeared, and now he's reappeared. Ta-da! There he is again. So, um, Jim, it's my turn for the trivia. Are you? I, I, I'm assuming you gave all of yours? You gave it yep. the office? Okay. So, uh, in in the... I'm, I did something a little special tonight, Jim. In my series of questions, there is a hidden theme. Every last one of these questions has something in common. Now, I've got 15 questions, and as we go through them, we'll see how long it takes you to figure out what that secret hidden theme is. Okay? So, it's kind of like two games in one. Here's your first question. Are you ready, Jim? I am ready. Leslie Lynch King Jr. was born on July 14, 1913. Leslie Lynch King Jr. in Omaha, Nebraska. What other name was he known by? Leslie Lynch King Jr. Jr. Yep. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, Leslie Lynch King. Um... Oh, no. Wyatt Earp? No. Good guess, though. Gerald R. Ford. Okay. Now, uh, remember that answer. Remember that answer, because there's a theme through all 15 of these questions. If we get through all 15, I'm thinking we'll try tonight. What radio show host was convinced of conspiracy, burglary, and illegal wiretapping? He's known by his first initial, his second name, and his last name. But his third name is actually the word battle. 
What radio show host was convicted of conspiracy, burglary, and illegal wiretapping? He's known by his first initial, his second name, and his last name. His third name, however, is actually the word battle. You got this, Jeff. It's actually the word battle. Yes. This guy was one of my heroes as an older teenager. And that was before he became a radio show host, I believe, but I read a book by him and read about him. Former FBI um, agent, too, as I recall. I'm drawing a blank. Okay. All right. Do you give? I give. G. Gordon Liddy. Oh. Or G. Gordon Battles Liddy. Okay. Remember, look for the theme. One of his most famous roles was that of Atticus Finch. Who was he? One of his most famous roles was of Atticus Finch. Who was he? Do you remember um, Atticus Finch? No. To Kill a Mockingbird. Right. Are we talking about, um, not Jimmy Stewart. Um, You're on the right track. I, I, can, I can see the guy's face in my head. Played in the movie Omen. A lot of westerns. Had a very gravelly voice. He played President Lincoln in the TV series In the Blue and the Gray. Boy, Jim, come on. You got this. Have you... I'm going to have to give. Okay, Gregory Peck. Ah. Okay. Remember, keep looking for the theme. What location is known as the uranium capital of the world, having produced the bulk of the nation's uranium supply during the post-World War II and Cold War era? What location is known as the uranium capital of the world? Of the world? Mm-hmm. Um... Of the world. Um, Honestly, you probably won't be, get this. Would that be Brazil? No. Grants, New Mexico. Oh. Okay. Have you found the hidden theme yet? <laughs> I'm, seeing a, I'm seeing a lot of dark conspiratorial... Nope. You're way off. It's going to be so easy when we get to it. You're going to like slap oh, no. yourself in the forehead. Okay. His real name was Nathan Bimbaum... And his wife just loved to say goodnight to herself. Who was he? His oh. Yeah? George Burns. You got it. You got it. And that's good. Goodnight, good, Gracie. Yeah, there you go. Who played Captain Steubing on The Romantic Seas? Oh. Yeah, Captain Merrill Steubing. I can't think of the guy's real name. Well, I'll give you a hint. His, the, his last I'm, name was McLeod. You remember his first name? It's a good Irish name, I think. Conor MacLeod of the Clan MacLeod. No, no, no. In 1452 off the shores of Lachion, and I... This guy's so old, you'd probably think he was an immortal, but he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The you give, Jim. mm -mm. Gavin MacLeod. Gavin MacLeod, yes. yes. Have you found the theme yet? I haven't. Okay, here we go. The one thing that these all have in common... Who served more than 50 years as a Southern Gospel music singer? He's known for being the lead singer of the Cathedral Quartet. At age 17 in 1944, he joined the Stamps-Baxter Quartet. He was also a member of the Lester Stamps Quartet, the Stamps All-Stars, and the Stamps Ozark Quartet. And in 1956, he joined the Weatherford Quartet. Have any idea? Do you know your cathedral's history? Uh Uh-uh. No? No, uh uh-uh. Well, his singing partner was George Yance. 
Which does me absolutely no good. <laughs> His signature song was We Shall See Jesus. I thought I you were more of a Southern... I, saw... I thought you were more of a I'm Southern sung... gospel fan than this, Jim. I'm disappointed. I... Uh, yeah, well, you'll get over <laughs> okay. it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I will. Right. Good answer. Good answer. I, I, was... I like that. You'll get over it. Okay, I gotta remember that. Yeah, the next week's quote of the week, You'll Get Over It by Jim Nelson. Okay, here's the next question. Oh, I didn't give you the answer, did I? It's Glenn Payne. Glenn Payne. Reminded me so much of my grandfather. Okay. You might get this one, Mr. Biblical Scholar. What Hebrew name means feller of trees? Feller of trees. Yes. What Hebrew Um, name? If you pick a Bible character, you might get it right. An Old Testament character. Uh, Woody Woodpecker. Scripture and verse, please. <laughs> no. <clears throat> um, uh, trees rhymes with fleece. That might give you a hint. Trees rhymes with fleece. Mayor Shalahashbaz. Okay, here's your know. next hint. Trees rhymes <laughs> with fleece. Test if they drink by their belly or their knees. Dead air here, Jim. Come on. Okay, it's time no, time to this move is, on. This is not getting it. Gideon. Gideon. Oh. Trees rhymes with fleece. Test to find if they drink by their belly or their knees. Remember the test? Oh. To see which ones would go home? All right. Have no, you found the theme yet, Jim? What do all of these questions have in common? No, no guess yet. Okay, so we're no. moving, moving right on to question nine. What English conspirator was executed in 1606 for attempting to blow up the Parliament building building in what became known as the Gunpowder Plot? I know you know that one. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. Uh, that would be Guy Fawkes. You got it, Jim. I think that's two for nine now, right? Something like that? <laughs> okay. Still no answer on what these have in common. Okay. Uh, No. Who was the voice of the Aflac duck until his humor got the best of him and he was fired? I believe this happened right after a Japanese tsunami. Who was the voice of the Aflac duck until his humor got the best of him and he was terminated? He had a very annoying voice. Comedian, still rather active today, I believe. Still still active. Yeah. I'll I'll, I'll tell you Um, what, I'll give you a hint by trying to sound like him. What's wrong with you? What's wrong Jerry with Jerry Seinfeld? No, but you're in the probably the same decade for sure. Okay, um, Danny DeVito. No. <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. You know who it is? I know who you're talking about. I know who you're talking about. Ah. Hmm. I know. I know who it is. What? 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 Um. I can't think of his name though. Are you ready? I for know. Me? I know who it is. Are you ready for me to give it to you? And the world... Okay, and he's disappeared again, but he will refresh. He'll come back. And I have no doubt. This is I'm anxious to see if Jim can pick up on what the theme of all these questions are. What they have in common. This will really be fascinating, I'm telling you. You're, if you haven't guessed it yet, you'll slap yourself in the head with the V8 when you find out what, what these all have in common. Jim, have uh, do you need... Yeah, they're just like that. Have you got the answer? 
No. Okay. Gilbert Godfrey. Gilbert Godfrey. Yes. Well, that is, for whatever it's worth, that is who I was thinking about, but I was sure. not going to come up with that name. One of those things that you know the answer, but you can't. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah. What, you might get this one. This is a little bit of a history. What is the name of the unincorporated community located within West Windsor Township on Mercer in Mercer County, New Jersey, United States? The community was made famous in Orson Welles' 1938 radio broadcast of The War of the Worlds. It was where it was depicted as the epicenter of a Martian invasion on October 30th of that year. What was the name of the town in New Jersey? Do you know the name of the town in New Jersey, Jim? No, I do not. Okay, we're going to move right along. Grover's Mill. Now, in all these questions, have you yet come up with the answer of what all these questions have in common? No. Okay, this is going to be... I can't wait to tell you. <laughs> Number 12, where is the Zond Zondervan Publishing Company located? I know you know this one. Where and you could probably no, you don't <laughs> you could probably find out by just opening the front of your Bible because most a lot of Bibles are published here by this company Zondervan Publishing Company located in they've also published a lot of hymn books and as I recall the one we used at Midwestern was published by Zondervan in this location and if uh, okay drawing a blank there Jim are you drawing a blank okay it was Grand Rapids Michigan. And I almost guessed that. Did you really? Now keep in For mind. For absolutely no reason. I'm, I'm thinking about where our our daily bread was uh, printed and published from for years. Okay. Now keep in mind, this is really strange, but every last one of these questions I'm giving you has something in common together. You're, you're, and it's going to be right in front of your face. I just can't wait. Okay. And we're getting closer. <laughs> Before the euro, this country's currency was the drachma. D-R-A-C-H-M-A, -A, a currency they've had since ancient times. What is the name of the country? Would that be Spain? No. Not too terribly far away, though. I'll give you another guess, Jim. You can do this. I think uh, Jacqueline Kennedy married a tycoon from this country. Onassis. Um, Greece? Yes, that is the answer. Yes. Okay. Now, here's a good one, Jim. Since you study uh, warfare and the art of such, you're on the battlefield and you're doing what is called cooking off. Cooking off. What do you have in your hand and what are you doing with it? You're uh -huh. cooking off. This is not typically the type of warfare that you do study, to, to be fair. Cooking off. Mm-hmm. Um... What do you have, and what are you doing with it? What do I have, and what am I doing with it? Um, yep. I don't... You didn't know? You have a grenade in your hand, and you're intentionally holding on to the grenade with the pin oh, yes. removed. To cook off the timer. Yes, you lower the detonate, which is a very dangerous thing, because, well, it's just dangerous. All right. So, last question, Jim, and then I'll ask you again. What is the name of the dish that is a soup or a stew of meat and vegetables? It's seasoned with paprika and other spices, and it originates from the medieval kingdom of Hungary. Oh, I'm going to get stabbed for not knowing this. Um, because a, a mutual friend of ours fed this to me not long ago. 
Oh, no. If you pronounce it a different way, it might be something you'd wear on your feet. Slash, slash. Are you talking about goulash? Yes, that's the answer. <laughs> oh, well, that's not the, that's not the one I was thinking about originally. So did that did that, did that little hint help you? Yeah. If you pronounce yeah, it differently? I would have okay. got it without that. Awesome. Okay, so every last one of these questions I gave you, Jim, has something in common with the, the question before it. They all have the same thing in common. I'm going to put five seconds on the clock, see if you can guess what it is. Um... Three. Each of them is involving a different country. Two. No. No. One. Are you ready to slap yourself in the face? Uh, sure. This is so obvious, Jim. The answer to every one of these questions started with the letter G. <laughs> oh, for Pete's sake. <laughs> I thought for sure you'd get that. That was good, wasn't it? I was too, I was too busy. I was too busy concentrating on getting the answers wrong. On the Yeah, right. <laughs> That was clever, though, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. <clears throat> yep. Let's see. It looks like uh, Hassenpfeffer. Oh, we got a guess. Christy Rael says ha she thought it was Hassenpfeffer. That's German for... Isn't that German for hamburger? No. Or peppered steak or something? Uh, no. If I'm not mistaken, Hassenpfeffer was a... was a rabbit dish. You're right. You're exactly right. That is correct. Yep. Okay, all right. You got you got to admit, Jim, that was pretty clever of me. I know I'm feeling a little arrogant there. I really thought you would get that, like, about the third or fourth question. But, yeah, it's easy, because I kind of made you think that it had something to do with the content of the questions, and it did not. So that was fun. We'll We'll do that again next week, maybe, with something else. And Jim has vanished from the room again, as he so often does because of the magician that he is, but he's coming back right now. He's refreshed and feeling good. Did that, that's quick coffee, isn't it, brother? Poof. Yep. All right, let's get into the biscuits page. Did you you know who Lawrence Fishburne is, don't you? Yeah. It's old man Lish, Fishburne's son. That's right. Yeah. Um, His daughter got uh, pulled over for suspected drunk driving, and I guess she played the race card. She asked the cop to give her a break because uh, she, her exact words were, um, let's see, I'm trying to find them here, said something about, uh, in the situ this is her words, in the situation we're going through with Donald Trump, she stated, as a Latino American to another Latino American, I would appreciate if you could show me the exercise correctly so I can do it correctly, talking about the field sobriety test. Uh, she said, that would make me feel better because I really don't like the political situation in, Mer in America. The funny thing is that she isn't even Latino, though the officer wow. was. So she she's really trying to overconnect there. Pretty pathetic. Pretty pathetic. And ye shall know that my name is the Lord. Wasn't that from Oh Brother Where Art Thou? No. No, that was Lawrence Fishburne in um, The Matrix. Pulp Fiction. Oh, Pulp Fiction. I've never seen that movie. I've always Don't wanted bother. to. Don't bother. Yeah, it's one of those I look at and go, hmm, I need to watch that because everybody has. And then Pretty rough on the language. Oh, well, you see, it just, even the pictures from the movie don't look appealing to me. It looks kind of like a stupid movie. I don't know. I shouldn't. Anyway, moving right along. <laughs> moving right along. Um, let's see, going back to the tra tracker. Um, here's another one. Oh, I like this this uh, field in the tracker, Jim. Why liberals hate the Obamacare replacement, which I understand passed today. Three reasons. 
Number one, the bill strips abortion provider Planned Parenthood of federal funding. A major win oh, for praise the Lord. pro-life Americans and conservatives. Yeah, I can see why the liberals would hate that. No Num sarcasm intended. Praise right. the Lord. The bill removes the individual mandate requiring all Americans to purchase health coverage, whether they want to or not. That mandate sure did cost a lot of people a lot of money right out of their pockets come tax time. I'm glad that's gone. The third reason, the largely party-line vote was seen by even the mainstream media as a win for President Donald Trump, whose legislative agenda has been considered stalled for the past six weeks since the first version of what's in quotations as Trump care wasn't even brought up for a vote. The reason they hate it is it seems like a win for Trump. Moreover, the new bill repeals the, a massive chunk of Obamacare's taxes, and instead the new bill offers refundable age-based tax credits as well as limiting government spending on Medicaid for the poor. So good stuff there. Uh, I understand that passed today. I read something somewhere about that. Maybe uh, maybe our friend uh, Chez will cover that in next week's show. By the way, tomorrow Chez is taking a break. He won't be with us on the Big Basin. Uh, so anyway... Um, also, according to Washington Times, the new health care bill known as the... It's, now, it's not the Affordable Health Care Act anymore now. It is the American Health Care Act. It adds $8 billion of funds to help those with pre-existing medical conditions get coverage. What do you think about that, Jim? About should an insurance company be required to cover pre-existing conditions? Or be, or be allowed to uh, prohibit somebody from getting any coverage at all because of pre-existing conditions? What's your thoughts on that? I have mixed Ooh. feelings. No, I um, I got mixed feelings with that as well because I, I, I could I could see abuses fraught in both directions. I well, mean, I could see people um, twisting the arm of insurance companies for stuff that they themselves right. created. But I can also see insurance companies refusing to cover people on the basis of stuff that they really don't have a right to. Well, here's my two sides of the coin. The first side is, in, a, in the type of government that we have, free and open business, um, I think that a business should be able, should have the ability to choose for any reason whatsoever who and who they don't do business for and with to what extent. The, the side of freedom says, I've got no problem with that. However, the other side of that coin is that people die because of those decisions. And right. so I'm torn. I don't want people to die. I want people to be able to have health care. But I also want, if, the business is if businesses are going to be regulated by red tape and government regulations in the health care industry, what's to say they're not going to do it in whatever industry? Where do you draw the line? So... This is, this would be a good discussion for my brother Paul one night. I, I might see if we can get him on, Jim. That'd make a good conversation, wouldn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, would. Last thing in the tracker, and I kind of like this. Uh, I this was supposed to happen Thursday, and I got to do some research and find out if it actually did. He was uh, President Trump was expected to sign a long-awaited um, act, executive order on religious liberty, basically. Um, the order would focus on the 1954 Johnson Amendment, which prohibits tax-exempt organizations like churches and religious groups from political involvement. So, uh, I, I don't have a problem with that. You've heard of the Black Robe Regiment, I'm sure. 
and he's gone. Once again, he has vanished under the curtain of the big basin and the fantastic website, but he shall return. He's refreshing as we speak. Consider the the Black Robe Regiment. I'll ask Jim as soon as he refreshes here in probably about five or six seconds. The Black Robe, and, and I'm going to ask Jim when he comes back on, what he feels about that situation. He's coming on right now. So, Jim, here is the question. As far as religious freedom goes and political involvement of churches, when we take into the account of the period of history in which our country was founded, you are familiar with the Black Robe Regiment, correct? Yes. What do you think the Black Robe Regiment preachers of the pre-Revolutionary War would think of the Johnson Amendment and what's going on, you know, if, you, if you're if you a church, if you're a religious organization and you hold tax exemption, that they would not be allowed to be politically involved. What do you think the Black Robe Regiment members would think of that? Um, do me a favor, because I did cut out for a second. Mm-hmm. What what was the nature of that um Well, basically, basically, uh, basically, the Johnson Amendment prohibits tax-exempt organizations like churches and religious groups from political involvement. I won't. Oh no, the black robe, the black robe regiment would object to it entirely, because that's what they were. Um, That's exactly what they were, and and in fact, go ahead and clarify that, uh, Jim. Tell us for the listener who is. And I mean this in the nicest form of the dictionized, uh, the the dictionary definition of the word. For those of us who are ignorant on what the Black Robe Regiment is, give me a brief synopsis of what they, who they were, and what they did. The Black Robe Regiment was basically the the term for the clergy in America. Um, this this term came about. Um, this 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 name was given by. None other than King George the Third of England. I was unaware of that. And yes, King George the Third of England uh, termed the clergy in America the Black Regiment or the Black Robed Regiment, and said that that the clergy in America was more dangerous than all of her armies. There was a number of reasons why that was true. Um, one of the most pr- prominent reasons was. Because they were, they had people's ears. They they knew how to talk to folks, and when they talked about um, uh, matters of politics, they did so without shame. Mm-hmm. And as far as I'm aware, none of the founding fathers ever complained about it. But that that's not overly surprising, because the founding fathers, uh, fifty three out of the fifty five men that that uh, signed the Constitution were active members in their local church and and had every intention that um that that uh Christ- and there he goes again folks while he is hitting his F5 button room just there he in goes fact, back. uh yeah you cut out for a little bit you're oh, back uh no the founding fathers anticipated that that Christianity was going to be given a full voice in American politics and in fact, uh, during the mid 1800s, uh, there was somebody who actually sued the government and tried to see if they could get all references to God, the Bible, and Christianity removed from um, American politics and and from our legal system. And after the the, the, the House and Senate uh, made their decision on it, 
they cited 87 different legal precedents as to why it would it would not be done right and um and then they they said we could go on to cite more than 87 precedents but surely 87 precedents is is in quite enough to make the case and then they went on to say that had the founders at the time of the revolution any inclination that the that the american revolution would constitute a war against christianity that that revolution would have been strangled in its cradle yeah let me let me give a brief uh, source of reference here for the black robe regiment check out www.blackrobereg.org um i would strongly suggest you go to the history page uh talks about uh a portrait of one of the members of the black robe regiment uh reverend peter mullenberg um great great stuff they're good resource one of the most if you if you think of one iconic image uh, that is referenced by the Black Robe Regiment uh, during the onset of the American Revolutionary War, or the War for Independence, as I prefer to call it. Um, it's the preacher standing behind the pulpit, and he is taking off his robe, and underneath is his uniform, uh, the uniform of the day, sword, um, and possibly a musket by his side. There's there's a couple of iconic images where the, the pastor is transitioning himself uh, from clergy to combatant and um, behind the pulpit pleading for men to join him. Um, it's a great iconic image and one that we should take to heart every day as Christians, for sure, that our liberty is a gift of God. And just like any other gift from God, it should be handled with the utmost spirit of stewardship. And I'm sure Jim would agree. Yes, absolutely. So anyway, moving right along, Jim, we'll we'll take a break from that because uh, time she is winding down. Uh, let's see, that's all we have in the biscuit tracker. Let's go to the gravy, Jim. This is the fun stuff. This really is the gravy. So uh, this is a great story. I love this one. The man who lost his heroin called nine one one and requested a dog to help him come find it. <laughs> this happened in Ohio this last week. Can you believe that, Jim? Um, and he's disappeared again. And so it seems my voice is disappearing a little off and on tonight. I don't know why. And he's getting ready to refresh. Yeah, an Ohio drug user... Here he comes. Jim, an Ohio drug user illustrated the ultimate level of stupidity. This is coming from the conservative Tribune. When he called 911 and requested a police dog to help him find his lost heroin. <laughs> they were happy to oblige. That about takes the cake, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Does. Jim, you're backing off from your mic. What are you doing? Going to the refrigerator for that leftover Big Mac? No. There I'm you go. I'm trying to fix my connection issues. Oh, well, eHarmony. One word, eHarmony. No, I'm just kidding. Um, uh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's the great story of the week. Uh, this happened, I think it was in Yale. It's pulling up. The, yeah, Yale. Uh, some millennium, millennial young people. Students from Yale got together and formed a hunger strike. Did you hear about this, Jim? No, I well, didn't. During the middle of their hunger strike, I guess they got a little tired, decided to take a break, so they ordered some fast food. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I don't think these... That's the thing about millennials. They just don't get... They. Hey, sounds good. We've read about these hunger strikes. Not sure what it is, but let's call it a hunger strike. Uh, oh, wow. Jim, you order a pizza. I'll make the sign and block the SUV. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, which reminds me, I saw a great video today of a gentleman that um, showed how easy it was to roll through a highway that was blocked by protesters and do it safely for the protesters. And he did exactly what I would have done. You know, you're not going to stop a four-ton truck or two-ton truck or whatever. All you got to do is keep the wheels going slowly. They'll get out of your way. They will. They're not going to lie under that tire to stop you. Right. And if they do... Well, they got what's coming to them. I, I'm sorry. I, I just feel that way. I, You know, there's been case after case since all the stupidity of blocking traffic has happened, of ambulances trying to get through, police cars trying to get through, uh, people on their way to get home to their families. You're not protesting. Um, you're, you're just being stupid and mean, and that's not helping your cause. I love that video today of the gentleman rolling through, so... Have you have you seen any of those uh, up there in the outskirts of Detroit? People blocking roads and stuff. Not, not since a couple years ago. You know, back in Missouri, they used to uh, stop traffic uh, on the side of the road, but they were just uh, collecting roadkill for dinner. You know, but that's that was about oh. it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Strange fact. This is interesting. If you're unsure whether you're dreaming or not, have you ever been in a state where you thought, "Am I dreaming or not?" Have you ever been there? Maybe once or twice for me. Um, it says, try reading something. The vast majority of people are... In- Halfway sleeping. Yeah. The vast majority of people are incapable of reading in their dream- dreams. The same goes for clocks. Every time you look at a clock in your dream, it will tell a completely different time. And the hands on the clock won't appear to be moving as reported uh, by lucid dreamers. Interesting concept. My question is, if you're dreaming, how do you consciously make a decision to try to do something? Therein lies the problem. I don't know if that would work. Maybe some people can do that. I'm not that gifted. All right, all right. I'm just lucky but you're enough. Talking about lucid, but you're talking about lucid dreaming. Yeah, but even I still can't do that. Or maybe some people can. I can't. No, 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 no. It's it's a thing. Is it? Okay. I've I've done it before. I haven't done it in the longest time, but but I used to I used to, used to could. That that's the technical. You used term. to could. I used to could do. Used to could do it. <laughs> I used to could do it. I got to write that down. That's the title for the next show. I used to could do it. Used to could do it, but you got to spell it like one word. Yeah, and spell it phonetically. <laughs> right. I used to could do it. Yeah, I like that. So that's the next title. Uh, let's see. Speaking of dreaming, did you know that blind people dream? That makes sense. But here's the interesting part: blind people who were not born blind do see images in their dreams. But people who were born blind don't see anything at all. They still dream, but their dreams consist of the use of other senses. Interesting. Yeah, it is. And how would you... It's kind of funny. I had a dream one time, I remember it, that I was trying to type something. And I was trying to double check that I was typing what I meant to be typing. Yeah. And and as I was trying really, really, really hard... To read what was on the paper, uh huh. In the dream, I went blind. Really? The dream continued, and I could hear and I could feel things around me, but I could not see. Hmm. Sounds yeah, like a up, sounds man. like a hymn title. Sounds um, like a bad trip. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, it's a bad trip, man. Wow. Um. Speaking of dreams, have you ever had that dream where you're fa- you're, you're just you, you feel it you're falling off a cliff? 
Oh, yeah. That, that's a common dream, falling off yep. a cliff. And you never fall like, I, at least I never did. I never fell feet first or head first. It was always on my side. Does that make sense? Of course, I'm laying down on my side usually when I'm having this dream, so maybe that's something that to do with it. Something to yeah, do with it. but before you hit the ground, you wake up, but you're still in that state of, oh, no, I'm falling, and your arms go out, <laughs> and then you think, oh, man, I'm glad nobody saw that. <laughs> common dream, yeah. I used to have the common dream of, of going to school in my pajamas, or worse. You ever had that dream? Or going to work? Oh, yes. I'm going to work in inappropriate attire, which, by the way, is a commonplace thing today. Um, some places of business actually have, and I know this because I worked in one, pajama day. You ever worked in a place that had pajama day? I'm um, betting you haven't. You have not, Joe, no, I can tell. But I've but I've worked at places where people just showed up in their pajamas. Yeah, Walmart? You worked at Walmart? <laughs> no. That's no, a whole other show a right shop, there. Believe it or not. Okay. Yeah. Oh, really? A machine shop. Hmm. A machine shop, and 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 I remember at different times, a, a young man, and and a young girl, not at the same time, uh, both came in wearing pajamas. I would think that. I remember a, a, the fe- I remember the fellows because his had like Mountain Dew logos all over it. I would think that a machine shop would be the last place you'd want to wear loose fitting clothing. I would yeah. think. Hmm. You know, um, I, I had, when I was in high school, I worked in a, in a print shop. I ran a printing press. And, uh, I had ordered, when I graduated, one of these little neck chains that had the, you know, the school key on it. You remember the school key? Yep. Little, uh, seal shaped thing or, you know. And I had a dream one night that I was running the printing press and that chain got caught in the ink rollers and de- I decapitated myself. What a weird thing to dream, but I promise you this, I never wore that chain to work again. Never did. So I've often wondered if I was given that dream for a purpose. (laughs) So, I don't know. Uh, Strange laws. It's almost time to wrap up, Jim. Here's a good strange law for you. I don't think it's in effect anymore, but in Truro, Mississippi, a man must prove himself worthy before getting married by hunting and killing either six blackbirds or three crows. I think you're worthy, Jim. I think you could do that. And I think you could do it with one hand tied behind your back. Okay. I'll, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> okay. Bets are not on I'm Jim. I'm just trying tonight, to figure no. out how I'm going to, how I'm going to, how I'm going to shoot that with, what? You're, you're thinking. You're, you're already planning this out. For I'm some reason, it. I'm reminded of the Confederate general who said he could beat the Yankees with, with one hand tied behind his back and the other hand holding nothing but a cornstalk. And when he lost, when the South lost the war, one of his friends said, uh, "Remember when you said you could beat beat the Yankees with corn stalks?" He says, "Yeah, the problem was the Yankees wouldn't fight with corn stalks." <laughs> so, anyway, folks, it is time to wrap up this edition of the Biscuits and Gravy Show. And thank you for being so patient with all of our technical difficulties. We will have them worked out soon, for sure. I'm sure. But in the meantime, we're still having fun, and this program is edited as much as can be possible to clear up some of those technical difficulties throughout the show. Sometimes it works, sometimes it don't. Sometimes you feel like a coconut, sometimes you won't. I got that totally wrong. Jim, I will leave you, hopefully, I try to, with the last word. 
please turn on your Amber Alerts on your phones. The life you save may be someone you know and care about. See, I told you I would try. I can't do it because I forgot something. Today's program is brought to you through the courtesy of the good folks at sudsysopery.com and mysudsycrate.com. Don't forget to check out Word is always the word Jason. Have a good night, folks. Jim, last word now. Good night, Gracie. (laughs) 